You are listening to Season 2, Episode 9, Performance Management and Innovation in Park Districts with Greg Stopka. Welcome to Let's Talk Parks. This is a collaborative project that gives a voice to emerging leaders in parks and recreation. We believe every professional has the potential to make a difference in their organization and in their communities. These are the stories of the future leaders who are navigating their career and finding their purpose through Parks and Rec. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Parks podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I know that it is somehow already the end of July and that this Parks and Recreation Month looked very different for many of us, and I hope you all are doing well. I also hope that one day we can look back at this time and just be somewhat appreciative of the things that we've learned and maybe somehow we bettered our lives or we bettered our organization or you know we just had some experiences this year that we can take into the future so that's my optimistic self but I know you all are um, in in many ways having a hard time trying to navigate this and I'm sure we're all anxious about how to navigate schools and how park and recreation districts are really having to to step in and to to work with schools and to work with communities to make sure that our communities are safe and that our kids um, have a safe place to go. So you all are doing amazing work. Just wanted to take a moment to appreciate all of you. So as we are nearing the end of the month, just a quick reminder that this is your last chance to sign up for a for the email newsletter that gets sent out every Thursday morning. And when you do that, you will get a Let's Talk Parks sticker. So if you want a free sticker, sign up before the end of July. Um, I actually forgot how much work is involved with stuffing envelopes with stickers, putting stamp on the envelope, and then getting out the door. So this is a limited time offer for real. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so go check that out. You can just go sign up at letstalkparks.com slash podcast and sign up there. And I will say that if you have signed up for a sticker, I can assure you that they are all out uh, in circulating and they will make their way to you soon. So um, lastly, before we get into it, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a review, a positive review for iTunes, we would love to hear from you. This week's episode is with Marissa Moravic and Greg Stopka. Greg talks about how local government is changing from merely providing services to solving real problems in our communities. Greg is the strategy and innovation manager for the Park District of Oak Park. And he points out how the word innovation is often highly misunderstood. I completely agree with this. Our first thought is to think of innovation as technology or having to do these big overhauls, but actually innovation is about creative problem solving, which can assist in every part of an organization to make life a little bit easier. So in this episode, you're going to hear how real-time data helps make real-time smart decisions. You're also going to learn how the park district uses innovation to engage every employee in improving their daily work and also how to engage the community with data. So let me tell you a little bit more about Greg. So Greg oversees performance analytics, state and national accreditation, and innovation strategies. 
Prior to working for the Park District, he was the membership director with the Alliance for Innovation, a nonprofit organization inspiring innovation to advance communities. Greg has a master's degree from the University of Kansas in public administration and a bachelor's degree in business administration and political science. Greg is also a regular contributor to engaging local government leaders morning buzz content series. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thanks again for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about the work that Greg is doing, check out the show notes. We have a ways to get in touch with him and links to their uh, Oak Park District website. Thanks so much and hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, Marissa Moravik here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Parks. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Greg Stopka, the Strategy and Innovation Manager at the Park District of Oak Park. Even before the pandemic hit, we as parks and rec professionals were challenged to come up with new ways of offering our programs or services. Many of our agencies asked that we keep our programs or services current to keep our communities engaged, as they should. Greg and I began speaking a few years ago when I was at the Vernon Hills Park District and saw a need for a committee within our agency to foster new ideas. Implementing an innovation committee at the Vernon Hills Park District resulted in several new programs and concepts, including a farmer's market and Park District bikes for employees to ride between facilities. Personally, from my perspective, the Park District of Oak Park is a very progressive district, so when I learned that they had a position just for innovation and strategy, I knew that this would be a great district to learn from. I think our listeners today will learn so much about innovation and analytics and how they drive our operations. So thank you for being here today, Greg. Thanks, Marissa. It's great to be here. Awesome. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Give us a little background about the innovation concept at the Park District of Oak Park. Where did the concept come from? Who drives and supports this effort? How do we get our frontline staff to buy into innovation? Do you get pushback from employees? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say uh, a key value of our organization is innovation. And what's funny is um, before 2015, I don't know the exact year that we looked at it, we actually surveyed our community and asked them how innovative we were. And they're like, eh, not, you're not too innovative. Uh, so we knew we had to, to do something and uh, make some strategies, put some processes in place to, to help with that. Our goal really is to, to build an innovative culture or innovative spirit, as I like to say. And uh, one of the things that we felt like we needed to do was uh, dedicate a person, a position, which is my position, uh, to kind of manage our innovation efforts. Uh, we felt like we needed to have a system that would allow us to get ideas from across the organization. And we felt like we needed to fund some, uh, some of the projects. We wanted to actually put our, our money uh, behind it. And so we took some of our non-resident fees and uh, put them up to uh, help fund some pilot projects that come out of this. And so once we uh, had kind of the general concepts about what we wanted to do, uh, we, we went and looked for a system. There's so many idea management systems out there, uh, but ultimately uh, we found one that was really inexpensive. I think it's like a couple hundred bucks a year. Uh, it's through a company called User Echo, and we branded it Launchpad. And so everything related to our idea management uh, platform system is related to space. And you'll get that as I go through uh, more detail of all the great things that we have with it. Uh, so we had that in 2015. Um, I came on board at the Park District of Oak Park in 2017. Um, we were keeping track of the total number of ideas uh, posted. And uh, what we found is that we're kind of started off really strong. 
we had really good momentum, but then ultimately uh, we kind of hit a lull and we started seeing kind of the same people posting, the same departments. Uh, it seemed like it was more of a recreation tool for programs and that's not really what we wanted. Uh, so we got together and we're like, why isn't this working? Why aren't we able to engage everybody? Why are only certain employees participating? How do we get to the frontline staff? Kind of answering all the questions uh, that you, you had there. Uh, the best way to tell you is kind of like why it wasn't working and how we diagnosed why it wasn't working, how we made it work. So we figured out after uh, in-depth discussion, we have an innovation team that kind of oversees the entire uh, process and the entire system, uh, made up of about six or seven people across the organization. We got together with them, we're like, what's going on guys? What do you feel, what are the key reasons it's not working, what has worked, what isn't? And what we came down to is three key themes from everything that we talked about. One was process and structure. We have to make sure we have the right process and structure in place. We have to have strong engagement strategies. You can't just put, put something out there, a system, expect it to work. You really gotta engage on an ongoing basis with it, especially during these times with the COVID going on. And then there has to be a clear ROI. People have to see that innovation isn't just some fun trend, but something that can lead to results and improve their organization and improve their work. So what we called it was Launchpad 2.0. And we looked at our processes and these are some of the changes that we made that have led to better results. One, we recognized that our engagement with the departments wasn't as strong as it could be. And so ultimately what would happen is some employee would post an idea, very excited, very enthusiastic about it. And then we would talk about it as an innovation team. We'd be like, okay, we like this, we wanna fund this. And then we go to the department and they're like, yeah, uh, not so fond of that idea as is. And then it took a ping pong back and forth approach kind of got uh, set up where it would just kind of die on the vine like that. So what we did is we flipped the model. Before the innovation team even sees anything, we engage with the departments directly. And so any idea posted that's impacting the department, we talk to them. So that way we're able to clean up that, that flow and keep things moving. We also saw that our team was pretty heavily uh, filled with programmers. And so we thought we got to diversify this team. And so we made sure we had representation from almost all departments in the organization so that everyone that'd be impacted would have a say in what we're ultimately gonna fund. And everyone felt that it was an equitable process. We also oftentimes got bogged down into the details of the ideas posted. And sometimes in our meetings, we only talk about one or two ideas. And so we created a survey through Survey Gizmo where all of the staff could rate all the ideas. That also helped with the process and clean up. We also created a, cre a clear criteria of what we would fund and what we wouldn't fund so people would understand what we're funding. And then also for the organization, we defined what are the types, what are innovation defined in it for the organization. And we told them it's not just big, huge technology ideas, which sometimes people hear innovation, that's what they think of, but it can be process improvement ideas. It can be something in your work area that's like, hey, that's not working. I have an idea to fix it. It could be free, be low cost, but all that stuff helps us. It could be, it could be the large stuff. We call those big ticket items, things that are over $1,000. But it could be pilots. It could be something that we can test. I have this idea. Uh, maybe it costs a little bit of money, but we can pilot and test it. Or maybe it's just a problem. We want to hear problems as much as ideas. Tell us those big sticky problems and the innovation team can work on. So by putting all these processes in place, really kind of clarified what the innovation team is trying to do, what Launchpad's trying to do, and set us up for success. I mentioned engagement. Engagement is so important. So the next thing we looked at is our engagement strategies. We really weren't doing too much. We posted some flyers on the walls 
and had a couple of boxes that people wanted to post their ideas in there that we could post ourselves on Launchpad, but it really wasn't engaging everybody. So we did some really cool, fun things I'd like to say. Uh, if you are familiar with Cracker Barrels, they have a wonderful candy pie marshmallow thing called Moon Pies. And we thought, okay, these things match up really well with our theme that we're trying to, to accomplish. So we got Moon Pies for every idea that was launched. And we got Moon Men or Moon People. Uh, we call them out of this world awards. And they're like little plastic statues that we have like an Oscar Emmy ceremony when people's ideas are implemented. And we put them out there and they get up there and they get to accept it and be recognized by the entire staff and get, everybody gets really excited. We now have star awards, little plastic stars. And again, these are like 25 cents, maybe I think it's like 20 bucks for a pack of like 30. So it's really not super expensive. These aren't really fancy awards. It's more about the excitement around them. And the Star Award was created to recognize the implementers, not just people that are coming up with the ideas, but the implementers, people that are putting them into practice, because they're just as much a part of the process and we didn't want them to get left out. We also wanted people to know that this is about learning. And so we created a Skunk Award. We call it the Look Good Try Award uh, after Pepe Le Pew. And, uh, the, or the Skunky for short. And this is where people get up and say, I have this idea. It didn't work, and this is what we learned from it, and this is how we're gonna move forward. And it tells people that innovation isn't about having everything be awesome and just paying ourselves on the back, it's about putting great things into place. And then we have some more traditional awards. We have staff pick out and recognize uh, the top innovators based on the ideas that were put into place that year of the year for both community impact, which is more on the outside towards the community, or internally, which has helped us improve our efficiency and effectiveness. And probably one of the real fun things is I was inspired by Shark Tank, if anyone's familiar with that show, where you get to, people come in there and they get to pitch their idea and then everybody kind of tears it apart in some senses. I didn't like the tear apart component of it, but I did like the idea of pitching ideas. And so with the big ticket contest, staff create little short video blurbs that we show to the all staff and then they're able to vote on which of our big ticket items, which are $1,000 or more, that we want to fund as an agency. And that's exciting because that's the stuff that's visible and people realize that they're all part of this process. It's not an elite team, uh, innovation team selecting these ideas and that's been really successful. And the last thing we really want to do is focus on return on investment and data. We want to show that this stuff's working. So we actually have a dashboard system where we're able to take all of the data from our innovation software, including ideas posted, topics shared, comments and we put all that up there so we can see a complete picture of how well we're doing with all these strategies that we're putting into place. We also create a survey that goes out every other year now which allows us to survey the organization and say hey how well are we doing in meeting our goals with innovation? Are we going on the right direction and how can we improve? And then finally idea completion form. When an idea is tested and something's put into place we send out an idea completion form and say did it work? and why didn't it work, why didn't it work, and what's the next steps. And what's great is that's really set us up because now we can really justify uh, the existence of Launchpad and the innovation team and everything that we're doing. So for the future, uh, really what we're thinking about the future, especially now uh, with COVID, uh, we don't have as much funding to, for new projects. Uh, the future is really trying to, I think, focus on problem solving. So right now, our entire world has been kind of thrown in the air. And so the question is, how can we change 
for the better? What are some things that aren't working? We have some time to really think about those questions. And so the innovation team is really gonna be reaching out to staff to say, hey, share us your problems. What are those things that you're seeing based on what's going on now that we can, the innovation team can help look at and we can ask staff for ideas and help too. So we're moving a little bit more towards process improvement and problem solving, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we really wanted to share the results with the community. So on the website, we have a, a, a innovation section where we can share some of the big ticket items and what those were so people can see that we're trying new things and as a way to, if you remember, I mentioned the reason that we're doing this is the, the, the community thought we weren't very innovative. So we wanna make sure that they think that. And then also we start doing some YouTube clips from the, the uh, big ticket contest that we can share to the community about those ideas as well. And then also in our strategic plan, we have something called a, a hackathon, uh, which is where you get to engage people with data. And so we're hoping we're able to engage our community in some sense with data, get their ideas from the data and how we can get better in certain areas too. So stay tuned for that. It's I think in 2021 that we're planning to do. Very cool. Um, I wanted to make a couple comments about some of the things that you just talked about. So I think it's great that you already had an innovation committee in place when the pandemic hits. Um, it wasn't on each supervisor to figure out how to handle this. It was a team effort. So I really think it's great that every district should have an innovation committee. They should have a team that they can fall back on and know that there's support. So I think that was really great. Another little thing I wanted to share was that um, you had mentioned, you know, earlier in the conversation that there's ideas that maybe other departments aren't on board with. So when I was at Vernon Hills, um, one of the first ideas that we had was to start a farmer's market. And it was not well received by our parks department. They felt that it was going to put a lot of extra work on a weekly basis on a department that was already stretched really thin during the summer. So we found a way to make it so that the farmer's market required very little effort on the parks department's part. So like you said, there's a lot of ping-ponging back and forth and talking about a concept or idea with the other departments. Not everyone is always going to think that your idea is great. And eventually, if we had decided that, yes, it was, there was no way around it, it was going to put a lot of extra work on that department, we may have, you know, killed that idea. But thankfully, it, it gave us an opportunity to troubleshoot and to think about that. I also love the Skunk Award. I think that it keeps staff motivated um, to throw even some of the worst ideas out there. Um, I think a lot of times people are hesitant to put their ideas out there because they don't think that it's good. So I think rewarding people for even bad ideas is awesome. So, and just to clarify, this effort, um, your district attempted it one time around and it wasn't great. Why did your district stick with it and give it a second chance? So we, we stuck with it because innovation is a, a key value. I mean, just because the, the system or the approach you have isn't working as well, it uh, doesn't mean you throw the, everything out and just get rid of anything you're doing with innovation. You, you know, you figure out what's working, let's keep it, and what's not, let's, let's rehash it and uh, try something new. Um, I think right now uh, we're, we're facing the same issue in a new way. Uh, with COVID, you know, people have been working from home. They've been disconnected from their fellow coworkers. 
And uh, we haven't had many people posting on Launchpad as a result of that. And so we just had another conversation with our innovation team, our new, our new innovation team. We have a new rendition of it. Uh, we asked them like, hey, uh, what's going on? Uh, what do you guys feel are some of those key obstacles or opportunities that we're facing with our innovation goals? Uh, with Launchpad and, and how do we get around it? And they came up with three great things. They talked about we need to relaunch, uh, pardon the pun, uh, we need to relaunch Launchpad. Uh, we really need to new branding, new engagement strategies with the marketing approach to it. And so they talked about like, hey, can we take a star, a little plastic star and write on the bottom of it, hey, post a problem you're facing so that we can help you address it on Launchpad and you'll win a moon pie. So it's like flipping some of the models around and document on people's desk and things like that. Um, so that's one thing we're looking at. Uh, we talked about leveraging uh, video. I'm gonna try to use um, Zoom and recordings from Zoom to try to explain how to use Launchpad better and then use that to engage people. It's a lot of really great things uh, that we were talking about and it's that ongoing conversation you have to have and constantly asking yourself, what's working with our process, our engagement and our data and what's not and how can we try something? You need to innovate your innovation platform. Very cool. Um, so what is the best way to track this? Where do you begin? Then who has the final say about how to move forward if, this, if the data is steering you in a certain direction? Yeah, so uh, it kind of gets at the idea of just measuring performance, uh, which is a key value of our organization as well. And the reason that we really believe in measuring performance is uh, communication. We want to be able to communicate our strategic priorities of the organization through all different systems and levels across the way. We want to kind of learn how the present state compares to the future state. So you remember I talked about we knew that Launchpad wasn't working because we could see the past state. And then when we tried the strategies, see how it was impacting the present state. Uh, we want to demonstrate progress meeting our goals. And so if you have budget goals, one of the budget goals is improve Launchpad, like I just talked about. You know, you're trying something new. You want to demonstrate progress towards those goals. You want to determine effectiveness of policies, programs, facilities, services, making sure that we are doing things that actually work. And so if it's something new in Launchpad, it's a new idea that we're launching, you want to make sure that determine the effectiveness of what we're doing and that we're not just kind of guessing that it's working. Uh, for some things, we want to make sure we're providing direction for allocating funding. And so we actually have something called the Parks Report Card, where we actually go out and survey our parks, rate the parks, give them a grade, and we can kind of determine, based on those uh, surveys of the parks, which parks are in need of funding or which parks need uh, more capital investment. And that can kind of inform the board's decisions about uh, what, uh, what parks we should be looking at investing more. And then transparency. People can see data, they can see what's working, they can see what's not. It builds trust uh, with the organization. And so those are kind of the key values we look at with measuring performance. Uh, for us, we really want to strive to make sure it's real time. Uh, one of the challenges without being real time is that you know, you're choosing predetermined lists of performance measurements. Usually, oftentimes, oftentimes it's static. Maybe it's an Excel sheet that has to be updated manually. Uh, data reports are then built, and they're only usually going to certain people and not everybody else. Uh, and then also, you're oftentimes in reaction mode instead of being proactive. You're making decisions after what already has happened versus what's going to happen. And so you really want to kind of go flip that a little bit. And if you go to real time, you can really change that. You can go to custom performance measurement. You figure out what are people really interested in, and you can build dashboards or, or real-time charts 
that allow people to see data they actually care about. You can go to live data. You're looking at things that haven't happened in the past but are happening now. And you can make sure that anyone can pull a report. Anyone with our dashboard system, which we call Empower, which I'll get into in a second, you can go to pull an Excel file of all the data that we have out there. And so by giving people access to this real-time data, they can then make decisions on their own. Uh, it kind of decentralizes the entire process and makes us be a more efficient organization. So we actually call, we call our performance system Empower. Uh, it was established in 2014 uh, before I got here. So I have history notes on all this stuff. Uh, so it was established in 2014. Uh, we made sure that people got access to as much real-time data as possible. Uh, we created a public dashboard on our website. So some of the dashboards at the highest level related to our strategic plan, the public can see them on our website in real time. And then we, went, we created review meetings where we could have management staff really dive into details of the high-level dashboards and say, hey, what are the, some of the problems we see? Let's make some decisions and let's celebrate our wins. If we're doing really good in an area, let's pat ourselves on the back and, and celebrate that. And then we could take from those quarterly meetings to the board updates on where we are as an agency and kind of continue that process moving forward. And then at the other levels of the organization, if you have a department dashboard, you can do the same thing with the department. You can dive into details with the department. I know I meet with the special facilities department and we talk about pool pass sales and rink sales and really dive into the, the nitty gritty and say, why are our rink sales flattening here? And why are they flattening this month? We can really get into those questions and then dive in and find some solutions with the department. So my role is more in that way as a facilitator. And so then we have operational dashboards. Uh, so we have organizational dashboards at the highest level for the strategic plan, the department dashboards, and then operational dashboards. Some staff just need to see their plus minus reports in the Smart Fusion financial system. And that financial system is confusing. And so by able to simplify it into a dashboard where they can just pull really quickly their data that they need for their department, see how their budget's looking, plus minus, they can make decisions then really quickly without having to go into the actual system. And then the public dashboards help build transparency, which I talked is one of our values and trust with the community about where we're, what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. So that's kind of like the, the nitty gritty, the, the building blocks of our performance system. That is all so awesome. Um, for those who listened to my honesty episode, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, um, I think a lot of this has to do with being very transparent, like you said, with the public, with your staff. Um, everything is really accessible. Um, I like what you said about a parts report card. Um, I I wish every park district did this, um, where you get you know staff from different departments to go rate your parks and determine um, which park should take priority. Um, I don't think that it should always be at the leadership level or just the parks level. Okay, what are we seeing? You know, as a mom in my community, have me go take a look at the playground or the park and determine, okay, this one could use a little, you know, freshening up. So I really like that too. And I like that you keep the, the community engaged, the different departments, and you can go and give that information to your board, which is awesome. So um like I said before, Park District of Oak Park really knows what it's doing. So um, how do you engage the community with data? Yeah, so similar to what I talked about with the innovation platform, we are always trying to, to improve our performance platform as well. And so I would say that, we again, we have the systems in place, but again, are they working to the, the ability that we want to see? 
And so we asked the, the problem that we really were talking about is how do we act on the data? Are we acting on the data? Are we making enough decisions based on the data that we're seeing? So people have access to the data, but how is it being used? Is it actually being impacting their business? Uh, these meetings that we're having, how effective are they being with management team? And unfortunately, when we really dove into it, we found they're pretty boring. Uh, we found that people that talked, talked a lot, and some people just kind of were going because they were told to. And then is there a follow through? We weren't really seeing the follow through. You know, if we asked someone to, uh, hey, this is something we should look at, what was the mechanism for accountability for follow through? So there's some of the issues that we really wanted to dive into. Uh, we looked at the public side as well. We are giving board reports to the, every quarter to the board, uh, but it was really just like a, a big page of data and goals and numbers. And it was all, it was all of our high level dashboards. And so I, I'm thinking like, this is overwhelming. And how can you possibly explain everything in a short 10 minute presentation to the board and the public? So my, our thought was data without narrative equals lack of explanation. So how can we add more explanation behind the data? And then also it was just numbers that were going to the board. Uh, we weren't really giving them the, the charts because it wasn't clean, as clean as we'd like it to be. And so the data without visuals is a lack of engagement. So how do we get more engagement? How do we add some visuals to our data to make it more engaging for the board and the community? So all these things, all these problems uh, and goals that we came up with really moved us towards storytelling. Less data, more storytelling. Don't, don't kill people with data, give them more of a story behind smaller amount of data. And so we actually, first thing we did is redesigned our quarterly meetings and focused to identifying the story behind the data and what can we do to improve that. Uh, so now the conversations aren't just looking at the charts and saying, what does it look like? Uh, but kind of really breaking down the pieces of a story and having the staff kind of figure out what are those pieces and how do we tell that story. And then change our board report to be more of a story. Uh, if they're as if they're reading a story about our organizational excellence strategy, strategic initiative, or how we're customer focused. What's the story behind those metrics? And why do we do storytelling? Well, if you think about it, our entire culture is built around storytelling. It's how human humans uh, are able to uh, look at things and and appreciate things, whether it's movies, TV shows, books. There's a story narrative component in all of them. And if you think about what is a good movie, uh, what's a good story, uh, there's key pieces that are in it. And if it's not in it, you probably have a bad story. And usually they'll get lower ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and with critics. Uh, so if you think of like Lion King, there's a clear structure to Lion King that makes it work. You have the characters, the stakeholders, the protagonists, the antagonists, and you have a problem. In this case, I'm hopefully I'm not spoiling anything here, but there's a scar, you know, he wants to take over the kingdom. Uh, fortunately, he takes out Mufasa, makes Simba run away. Simba has to realize uh, and overcome that and come to a, a solution to that. And what's his solution? Well, he, he builds confidence that his death of his father wasn't his fault. He's able to communicate with his father that he needs to, to uh, step up and, and be resilient. Uh, from his father passing, and then he runs back, fights Scar, confronts him, and the outcome is it's no longer a rainy day in Pride Rock, it's a happy sunny day. And so you can see the key pieces there in Lion King really make sense. So how do we take that movie storyboard concept and apply it to data? 
So what we did was well, we set up uh, cross-functional teams. We moved away from having just a U-shape, everyone's kind of round table, everyone can talk, and kind of broke them into smaller groups so more people had an opportunity to talk. We have white pad paper and Sharpies. Uh, we have a recorder. And what we did, instead of talking about everything, every meeting, we broke it down into one key strategic initiative. Instead of talking about organizational excellence, staff excellence, we say today we're going to talk about just customer focus and our metrics related to that. And then what we give them is we give them the tools they need to figure out the story. So we give them the charts from the dashboard. We give them our goals that we set, how we're doing. And we give them uh, the data reports from the charts, so the numbers behind the charts that they're looking at. And if it's a survey, uh, we give them the analysis, the themes, uh, the, the analysis themes from the comments that came out of the survey so they can see if there's problems or themes that we can pull from that. And then we have them kind of on the white pad paper, we ask them, hey, who are the stakeholders behind uh, this metric? If we're looking at active households in our community, who are the stakeholders related to that? Well, obviously staff, but obviously the community as well. I and mean, in this case, it wouldn't be our non-residents, it would just be our residents. So those are our stakeholders. And what kind of outcome are we trying to achieve with them? Well, we wanna get as many of our households involved with the park districts, we're here for the community. And so we want to get as many households involved because we're, they're all taxpayer dollars and we want them all to be part of what we're trying to do. We want to meet the, their needs and serve them the best we can. Uh, so then we ask them kind of like, what are the positive negative trends you see? Are our active households going up? Are they going down? Or are they static? And what challenges have we faced in the past that have impacted that data to this point, looking back two years? Uh, what are kind of like the things that we've had to overcome? And so if you think about now, if we're looking at this in a year from now, with COVID being one of the big challenges, it's gonna impact our numbers with households participating. That's gonna be one of the challenges that we're gonna be talking about in our story. And then what actions do we take to address that? And uh, picking out one of those challenges, like the COVID challenge, say, what did we do to address this? Well, we created virtual programming in order to appeal to people that were afraid to go outside their house. Uh, we created smaller programs with less people and, and masks. All these strategies that we're doing right now with summer camps and other programming, we're doing that in order to get more active households into our park district and make people feel more comfortable in what we're doing and meeting the needs of our household. And then uh, the question for the future, what challenges remain for the future? Uh, so if COVID is the challenge now, you know, the economic challenges related to COVID might be the challenges for the future. And we should be thinking, what actions can we take moving forward from this point, position ourselves to be best at reaching our households in the best way possible when we're facing that economic challenge? And that you put all this out there and it builds a complete story behind that one metric. And then we're able to take that to the board and the board's then able to see these charts and the story behind the charts and really understand what we're, we've done in the past and what we're doing in the future. And I think it really creates a powerful mechanism to help them understand not just what the data is showing, but what we're doing with it. Yeah, I, for anyone who knows me personally, um, I love storytelling. I think that it is extremely important. I am someone that looks at a budget or a board report full of numbers and I think to myself, what do those numbers mean? I'm not really a math person. I'm not really a number person. So tell me the story behind it. I can see where we're bringing in money or where we're spending it, but what is really going on behind those numbers? And when I see another department's numbers in a board report, I ask myself, what went into those numbers? It looks like they've increased or decreased or maybe even remained consistent. 
but why are those numbers the way they are? What has, um, what changed? Was there a new supervisor that was hired that came in with fresh ideas? Did we lose a program instructor that had a great following? I think numbers are great, but we need to explain the rest um, of our district um, to the board and the story behind those numbers. Um, we can learn and improve our programs from those numbers and the stories. So um, I think the whole concept of your innovation committee is awesome and I wish every park district had one. Um, so Greg, you shared so much information today. What are three key takeaways that you hope that our listeners can put into action? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say one is when you think about a broad topic like innovation, I like to say that let's break it down into three simple things. It's about building a process in your organization. It's about engagement. And it's about return on investment. And if you can figure out what that looks like for each organization, then you'll have an effective innovation strategy. So a lot of organizations are doing innovation in some way or another. Uh, a lot of them define it in different ways, whether it's Lean, Six Sigma, process improvement type stuff, uh, design thinking. These are all like buzzwords in the innovation sphere. But really, to figure out what it looks like for your organization is process, engagement, and return on investment. And we figured out what that looks like for ours and are constantly reevaluating that. And if every organization can do that, no matter how big you are, no matter how small, you can figure out what innovation looks like for you and make it a value of your organization. I would say... A strong data strategy is about having reliable data, uh, being transparent to build trust, and engaging data. So whether you have a real-time dashboard system like we do, or if you're relying on uh, Excel sheets, or, or if you haven't been able to make that transition, your strategy, even with that, needs to be about being reliable, transparent, and engaging, and constantly trying to focus on those values. And then with storytelling, I would say storytelling drives data engagement. And so if you have little engagement with the data that you are putting out there, if you have disagreement about what's going on with the data, figure out the story. Take some time, analyze it from a storytelling standpoint, and you'll bring much more people on board with not only the data you're looking at, but your data strategy as a whole. That is awesome. Um, and I really like what you just said about it doesn't matter what size your district is, you'll figure out what strategy is best for you. Um, so if you're a small district, a really big district, um, just speaking from like an Illinois standpoint, if you're a smaller district out um, in Southern Illinois or you're the Chicago Park District, um, you can implement these things regardless of your size. So um, I think the Park District of Oak Park really has it nailed down. They really have a good strategy and a process in place. Um, so thank you so much, Greg, for being here today. I think our listeners can learn so much um, and you were so much fun to listen to. Um, you've got some really great ideas and you really know this process and concept very well. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Marissa. It was a lot of fun. And if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me, uh, greg.stopka at pdop.org. I'd be happy to share any of the systems I talked about and talk about them in detail. Thank you so much, Greg. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you all learned a lot about innovation and how you can adapt some of these strategies in your own organization. To learn more about the work that Greg is doing, check out the show notes or letstalkparks.com. 
to get in touch with Greg and to see what awesome things he's up to. Have a great week. Stay safe, get outdoors, and we'll talk parks next week.